Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spleichel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spleichel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel. We are happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is, if you're not on the first page of Google, then why not? Today's guest is a minority business owner and mechanical engineer turned digital marketing consultant is the founder of Gbate. He has had the opportunity to consult small, medium enterprise companies across different verticals. Distinctive traits of today's guest include his unrelenting desire to solve complex problems as simplistical and efficiently as possible, which has allowed him to help his clients increase visibility on Google and other times improve their brand image on the first page of Google through SEO and reverse SEO, respectively. A big welcome to Olu Ajawan Chuku. Hi. Hi, Olu. Hi. <laughs> thank you for uh, inviting me. Okay. I, I hope I didn't butcher that name too much. No, you're fine. You got it just perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great. Well, let's get started and talk about first how SEO changed. I remember before the Panda and Penguin updates, wow, almost over 10 years ago, 2011, mm-hmm. 2012, all you really needed were optimized titles, some meta tags, a couple backlinks, and you'd rank really well. What is needed today, in your opinion, to rank well organically? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So yes, SEO has changed a lot. Uh, quite frankly, uh, I tell our clients SEO changes on a daily basis uh, because Google tweaks the algorithm like literally every single day. But some of the biggest changes are, you know, now more than ever, uh, there are three main points that business owners need to focus on when it comes to SEO. Uh, firstly, uh, the contents. You need high quality contents and relevant contents. Also, uh, the way your website is structured along with the UI or user uh, user interface is mm-hmm. extremely crucial uh, to your SEO success as well because Search engines are just algorithm and they need a way to easily access contents on your website and get an, uh, a good understanding of what it is you're trying to present. So that's why your website structure is you know, extremely important for SEO. And finally, the third item is high quality and not just quality, but relevant backlink. Uh, so these three items are extremely uh, essential nowadays to have you know, a really strong SEO and you know, remain competitive on the first page of Google. What about site speed? I know last year, I think it was a Google yes. released talking about the web experience. Mobile first web experience. optimization, yes. So that's also very like essential, um, but more so for your mobile uh, ranking. Uh, so if I was to add one more item to that list of like the top item, it would be definitely the site speed. Uh, just to put things into perspective, uh, we typically do site, um, site speed optimization uh, audits on a monthly basis. And for our own website, we realize out of nowhere, you know, our loading speed uh, 
literally went up. In other words, like it took a lot longer to load. Mm -hmm. And from our investigation, we realized there were some outdated uh, WordPress plugins that were, you know, causing a delay when the page tried to load. And upon, uh, you know, removing those uh, plugins and updating a few other plugins, we noticed a drastic increase in our mobile ranking as a result. And all of this, you know, is because all of this pretty much came about because we run audits on a monthly basis, not just for our website, but for our client's website as well. And like I said earlier, Google updates the algorithm every day and their search engine algorithm is extremely sensitive. So whenever something is off, like your loading speed, as you mentioned, it notices and you feel the impact right away. How would you rank what's important in terms of SEO, like page titles, content, sites, be backlinks, I guess, is there anything that's more important than others where, I mean, do you have to concentrate on all of them? Should you concentrate on one harder than another if you're trying to have your website rank organically? What, where, where do you even start? No, absolutely. That's another good question. So um, I always tell clients content is king. So you always want to start with great content, um, you know, followed by your metadata. So like I said earlier, Google's algorithm is just an algorithm. You know, and it needs a way to fully understand what a landing page is about. So your metadata needs to be well optimized. Um, next, uh, I would say in line will be your backlink, uh, because although Google will somehow, uh, sometimes come and say, hey, look, backlink is not that important. It is <laughs> because we look at the stats every day. You know, when we do monthly audits, we notice that there is a direct correlation between loss of backlink and loss of uh, and loss of ranking for virtually hmm. every client. You know, so although Google may come and say, yeah, "Don't focus so much on backlinks," it's it's still very important. Uh, next in line, I would say the site speed. You know, like you mentioned as well earlier, that's extremely crucial, especially for mobile first after, uh, mobile first ranking. And finally, the user interface, because when people visit your website. You want to, you know, you want your uh, landing page to feel welcoming. You want to want to want it to be easy for them to actually not just discover content on that landing page, but also find themselves on other pages on their website, on your website that's relevant to that landing page, or more, uh, more importantly, relevant to whatever it is they're looking for. Because what all of this adds up to is more time being spent on your website, a lower bounce rate, and ultimately, you know, higher conversion at the end of the day. So that, that's more or less how I will rank all of those different factors. So number one is content. Yes, content is always king. What about chat, GBT? Have you, <laughs> uh, you know, that's, everybody's talking about it, but uh, yeah. talk about, about content creation. Do you guys use chat, GBT for yes, content? Absolutely. We actually had a post uh, go out today. I'm not sure. I think it should have gone on by now. So there's a social media post that we had scheduled for today uh, where uh, we, pretty much use chat GPT to act as a co-pilot in creating that blog post. And I think the search term is, is being the future of search. So this blog was written in February and, you know, through the utilization of chat GPT, this content and plus of course, with, uh, you know, experience in terms of, you know, our knowledge of SEO, et cetera, et cetera. We've been able to somehow rank this uh, content on the first, second page of Google's uh, within a month. And that's through the utilization of ChatGPT as a co-pilot. So ChatGPT has been, I would say, uh, has been acting as a major contributing uh, factor to our ability to not just work faster, but also better optimize you know, our contents and our clients' content as well. So yeah, so ChatGPT is definitely, <laughs> uh, that, that's definitely making an impact. 
with your SEO services, do you, I guess, before and after ChatGPT, did you assist on writing content for, for clients? Yes, actually we do. So um, because one thing we notice is the following. A lot of companies, when they write contents, uh, they focus so much on the creative aspect of it, which is good. Uh, by the end of the day, you're investing capital into creating contents uh, and you want that content to somehow you know, resort, result in some kind of conversion down the road. So essentially what a lot of clients typically are missing in their content is you know, proper SEO optimization, proper structuring of the content and so on and so forth. So um, you know, when we advise our clients, we usually help them with the optimization of the content, suggesting in terms of you know, the title to use, how to structure it, such as using header tags within the content, you know, utilizing schema.org uh, when they're creating their blog uh, landing page and so on and so forth. So that's more or less how we offer uh, support to our clients prior to ChatGPT uh, as far as SEO is concerned. And what about now, after ChatGPT is available, I mean, now that ChatGPT is available, uh, there is something we uh, that's you know slowly becoming uh, a trend, and that is prompt engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are not familiar with how to properly utilize ChatGPT to get the best results. Um, so, although ChatGPT is you know it's like Google search engine where you can just answer whatever question and get the answer. Um, but the reality is just asking questions not, is not the only part. You need to know how to ask a question and how to ask uh, a follow-up question to ensure that you get the right outcome. So although ChatGPT is easy to use, accessible, uh, low barrier of entry and all of that, our clients still rely on us to utilize that and utilize our prompt engineering uh, skills to actually you know, uh, enter the proper search into ChatGPT to get the right outcome. Uh, instead of them just typing away, you know, uh, randomly into ChatGPT, hoping that it'll just magically result in a content that ranks high on Google. You know, I'm curious, have you used the Google AI? I think it was Bard, I believe. Um, I, I received an invitation. I did too. I just... Yeah, I, that's why I was asking. I, I, haven't, yeah. I got the invitation, but I haven't checked it out yet. I checked it out and I feel I'm, I'm a little concerned for Google. Uh, because it's it's very basic. It's super primitive, uh, based on my opinion. And I'm saying that just based of my based on my knowledge of ChatGPT and my experience utilizing ChatGPT. Uh, because I'm you know interested in AI and things of that nature. So I started learning you know Python coding recent recently, like machine learning, all of that. And literally, ChatGPT has acted as a co-pilot in that process, where I can literally ask Chat you know, ChatGPT, hey, look write me a sample Python code and chat on GPT does it effortless, effortlessly. Mm-hmm. But when I ask Google, <laughs> the response is I'm not at that stage yet. <laughs> so you can ask really? me for, okay, that's yeah, it's like, you know, you can ask them for a list of recipes and things like that. And for me, that was just a major turnoff. I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time on this. So they're clearly still working on this. Um, either maybe the version I use didn't have that ability or, or not, I'm not sure, but that for me was just a major turnoff because I, I thought Google would understand how important this is and that their position in industry is currently you know, at risk. You know, uh, because chat GPT in terms of the level of sophistication and what Google released to be tested, I was not impressed at all. Um, uh, so I haven't tried the Bing. I already received the invitation to use it, um, but the Bing, I'm assuming, will be just like ChatGPT because I think theirs is based on ChatGPT four uh, version. So I expect you know the the Bing to be a lot better. But yeah, uh, the Google 
uh, new search, I was not impressed. Now let's uh, go back to, to SEO and why people should be focused so much on, on their SEO. What, what happens? Do you have any stats? What happens in terms of how much traffic you get you know, you're on the first page or, or even in the first couple spots of Google versus if you're not. I mean, how, how much, do you have any stats on how much does your traffic decrease as you, as you move down page one and, and even off of page one? Yeah, so um, the way I kind of explain to clients is as, 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 as follows. Uh, you have to think of SEO like a real estate, right? Real estate appreciates over time um, without you really doing much work. And if you renovate, you increase the value as well. So SEO is similar, you know, and compare that to Google Pay Per Click, where if you want that traffic to continuously, you know, come in, you have to keep paying Google to drive that traffic to your website. But SEO is different. SEO is like building value over time. And if you manage to end up on the first page of Google and you're doing constant work and doing audits on a monthly basis to make sure that you stay on top of all the problems, you'll be, you know, you'll be sharing, not, you pretty much be like, I would say 90% of the traffic that's coming to Google's uh, search engine, you you have a, a piece of that pie, you know, if you're able to maintain your position on the first page of Google. And if you're only ranked on the second page, only about 5% of the traffic that comes to Google ends up on the second page of Google. And then that number just drops drastically as you go further and further back on, on, on uh, Google search result pages. So if you really want to you know, uh, own a piece of that real estate of 90% of traffic that comes to Google search engine, you need to be on the first view of Google. And on top of that, you don't have to worry about paying Google every time a visitor uh, makes their way to your website from the Google's, Google's first page. Unlike Google pay-per-click, you have to constantly pay Google every single right. time a traffic right. you know, ends up on your website. Now, what about, do you have any idea on how much traffic, how many people click on the paid ads versus the organic? Because it seems like, especially the last, you know, you know, ever since they moved Google Shopping, made it more prominent, especially mm. for e-commerce, it seems that you got to go a ways down to, to start to get to the organic listings. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. So the problem actually started a lot like further back. So I remember, um, I think it was four years ago, uh, we were in our office and out of nowhere, we noticed a change in the interface of Google, uh, of the ads, the way it typically shows before. It's like a yellow icon and it shows ads. So you can notice it, right? That's right. An ad. And a lot of people typically avoid click on that because they know it's an ad. Google knows that, right? So somewhere along the way, Google decided to remove that yellow icon and literally just format the ad results to look almost identical to the organic results. Mm-hmm. At that point in time, we figured that, okay, Google is suffering from a financial standpoint and they need to drive revenue. And that's why they're making this change. And this resulted in us actually change our uh, strategy to local SEO so that we will rank on maps more and less on the regular SERP. So to answer your question, most of the traffic actually goes to ad nowadays uh, more now than ever before because you, it's hard to discern between organic results and paid results. And Google intentionally did that so they can, of course, increase the click-through rates uh, on their ad results. And as you stated, you have to scroll all the way down, like below the fold to see 
organic results nowadays. And essentially anything that's below the fold does not really, you know, uh, get a huge chunk of the traffic that ends up on the first page of Google anyways. So the fact that they're showing four ads and then sometimes you have, you know, three map results under the ad and then sometimes inside the uh, map results, it's like one ad or two ads shows up. So that's literally the first page of Google. That's That accounts for that for the 90% of the traffic that usually ends up on that page because 90% of the traffic that ends up on the first page typically goes to the first 10 results anyways. So if you're- Say that at, again, 90% of, of the traffic goes to the first, traffic, 10 first page. Yes, which is pretty much the first page of Google. So right. if your ads, if ads are taken up 40 to 60%, you know, uh, plus map of the first page. So that means some, somewhere in the ballpark of like 70 to 80% of that 90% is going to the ad, the map results, and then ads within the map results. So as a result, you know, uh, regular SERP positioning, I really don't recommend, recommend it much to clients anymore. It's still essential, but you want to, you know, you want to, rank for map results and if you're not a local business then sure you need to go for the regular SERP results or search engine result pages that's more or less what the SERP stands for but yeah so uh so that's more or less how things have changed um you know due to the change in the ui of the ad section of the first page of google this has made it a lot harder to tell the difference between organic and paid and as mm -hmm. a result drove more traffic to paid results you know, I'm curious, are there any website platforms that you think perform better than others for SEO? Yes. Um, so um, it really depends on what kind of industry that you're in. Well, let's talk uh, e-commerce. E-commerce. So if you're in e-commerce, I would say Shopify, Barna. Uh, Shopify is the best platform out there, followed by WooCommerce, which is part of WordPress. Mm -hmm. uh, so Shopify is the best platform. One, it's easy to maintain. Uh, you don't need to be a developer to really keep up, you know, uh, with your website maintenance. Also, they have a lot of integrations to make it easy to collect payments uh, on the platform, easy to upload your products, easy to optimize your product metadata, um, and also other SEO metrics as well. So I would say Shopify. But if you have like, a, if you're just a general business, uh, then WordPress will be the best platform. By far, WordPress has the most highest number of plugins available for integration uh, into your website to, uh, to boost the functionality of your website. And if you're more like a creative, like maybe you're a photographer, we have some clients who, are, you know, who offer photography services and so on and so forth, then I will recommend Squarespace. Uh, Squarespace, although it's not really that good when it comes to uh, SEO functionality, it's the best uh, CMS out there or content management system for uh, creatives. Now let's let's talk about you know the one thing that comes up is everybody wants to get traffic whether you're you're doing it organically or you're doing it paid, but I mean if that traffic doesn't convert it, it doesn't really matter. Exactly. Now, do you give your clients tips on how to increase their conversion rates? So typically we avoid giving that uh, giving that tip, but if we notice that they're really suffering and their complaint because typically when clients come to us they come for seo seo pretty much means you want us to put you on the first page of google or on top of maps and it does not guarantee that someone's going to actually purchase your product or your service because that decision is based on the quality of your service or product and the price point that's sort of what determines at the end of the day if someone's going to make that purchase uh, but if we notice that hey look we're doing a great job with seo and you know this client's not converting 
And that's where we come in and say, hey, look, uh, you might want to work with your designer or your engineer to really, uh, you know, uh, iron out the UI of your website. And some of the suggestions we usually provide is, you know, uh, it starts with the headline. Uh, that's the first attention grabber. You want to have a clear and compelling headline when you when you create a landing page. Uh, next line is, you know, call to action. Your call to action needs to be compelling as well. It needs to be, you know, it needs to grab my attention or the attention of anyone that's visiting your website. And finally, the most important thing is social proof. Um, if there is no way to associate value and reputation to your product or service, it's going to be a little hard for people to actually uh, trust your brand. So we always recommend clients to post their reviews, get reviews from their uh, past customers, have like an email automation campaign in place, collect reviews. Uh, even if they can collect video reviews, even better. And also we encourage, you know, uh, doing PR as well so they can get some uh, uh, exposure uh, in different media outlets. Uh, so yeah, so that's, that's pretty much how we go about offering our uh, advice when it comes to conversion rates. That's some, some great advice. Back to SEO, if a listener, let's, let's say they're just getting started and they, and they can't afford an agency, but they, they want to, you know, they want to rank well, they want to get into Google Maps. What are some actionable steps that you would recommend? No, absolutely. That's, a, that's an excellent question. Um, yeah, there are a lot of people who especially now with ChatGPT, everybody feels like they can do their SEO by yeah. themselves now. And they probably can't with some level of guidance, of course. Uh, so if you, you know, let's say you don't have a big budget and you want to do, you're, you're just a startup and you want, you want to do your SEO by yourself. Uh, there are some action, actionable items that I will recommend. First and foremost is do your competition research. Uh, see, see which companies are out there that are doing very well on the first page of Google and offer the same service or sell the same product. Uh, that you sell. Uh, once you find out who your comp competitions are, then move on to your keyword research. Try to conduct keyword research from you know low hanging fruits to like high competition uh, keywords to see what kind of keywords you can target. What do you use for your keyword research? Yes, uh, you know, quite frankly, you can use ChatGPT for keyword research. Really? But, <laughs> yeah, but we use more advanced tools like SEMrush. Uh, SpyFu. SpyFu, we used to use that, but it's not as comprehensive as like Ahrefs and SEMrush. Mm -hmm. uh, so we typically uh, utilize SEMrush and Ahrefs for our, you know, keyword research and SEO research and so on and so forth. Spyfo is great uh, if you're, you know, if you're looking to like have all in one like PPC research and SEO research, uh, it's definitely great for that because we did try for a year at one point because we usually A-B test tools from time to time and we A-B tested uh, Spyfo for about a year and um, we didn't really like the level for performance. Uh, so we kind of stuck with SEMrush and Ahrefs. So those are the tools that we use uh, for our keyword research. So cool. So you identify your competition, you do your keyword research, and then what's the next step? And the next step will be uh, content. Uh, I know I, I've said this a lot of time already, but content is king. Uh, the next step is to figure out uh, the kind of content that you want to publish on your website. So uh, this could be landing page contents. This can be uh, FAQs. This could be blogging contents. It could be resource content. You need to create a content strategy. And when creating your content strategy, you also want to keep in mind your keyword research as well, because your goal 
is to target those search terms through your contents. So that's an excellent. And then finally, you know, you want to optimize your user experience. Uh, you want to do so in a way where uh, when you do a speed check on a monthly basis, uh, number one, your page loads really fast. And also you want to you know, keep an eye on your bounce rate through Google Analytics to make sure that you have as low of a bounce rate as possible. That's how you know that you're optimizing your user experience. Because if your bounce rate is super high, that means something's wrong and you need to do something about it. So that's pretty much, I, those are like the top three recommendations that I have for someone just starting out or maybe they don't have the uh, sufficient budget. How long, I guess, let's say you, you do you do the competitive research, you um, look at the, the keywords, you create the content, but the content isn't ranking. It's not getting picked up. How long do you wait before you look at maybe changing the content or are you looking at more things like um, trying to find backlinks to it, trying to get people to link to it, trying to, to work on the on-page factor? I mean, I guess, where, when, do you, when do you cut bait with that content? No, absolutely. So there's a part where I have to get technical a little bit. Uh, so if you're not ranking, uh, there is a host of reasons. So although I don't want to display uh, disclose the name of the software that we use, I'll still disclose it anyway because I want to be able to help as many people as possible. So we use a software called Agency Analytics. It's not cheap, uh, but this is something that we use to keep track of campaigns. So essentially how we utilize this is as follows. When we upload a website and a new account to Agency Analytics, we set up uh, a number of things. Uh, you know, make sure that your sitemap is set up, your search console is set up for Google and Bing. Uh, uh, we make sure that your uh, XML and HTML sitemap are properly set up. Uh, analytics is properly integrated with your search console. Once those things are addressed, then you can worry about, oh, if let's say for instance, you're not ranking, then you can kind of eliminate those items. Because if you're not ranking, chances are you didn't you know, take care of the initial items, such as your sitemap, your robot.txt, uh, you know, integration of your analytics and your search console and so on and so forth. You know, so, but if you did took care, take care of all of those items and you're still not ranking, then, you know, in a dashboard like agency analytics, you can kind of track if you're losing or gaining backlinks. So if you have any, you know, backlinks in general, or if you have like, you know, if your competition are, let's say, you know, bombarding your website with spam links, and there are ways to kind of figure out which backlinks are spam links and which ones aren't. And, you know, if you eliminate all of that and you are still not ranking, then that's when you need to consider, you know, reworking your content. Uh, you know, so I wouldn't recommend, you know, just start changing your content if you haven't done your due diligence to make sure that the technical stuff are taken care of first. And that's that's a, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a ton of, a ton of stuff to consider, you know, on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the tip of the iceberg. I, I didn't want to go in that because I know we're short on time, but yeah, that's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the technical stuff that needs to be taken care of. So what, um, I guess let's, let's jump in and talk a little bit more, more about you and, and Gvate. What what services um, do you offer clients? Yeah, so uh, our like three top core services now are SEO, search engine optimization, and reverse SEO. They're kind of like the same thing. One is to push you up, and the other is to push down negative contents from the first view of Google. Uh, the second service is uh, PR. So we help our- Say that again, so to push down negative content from Google? Yes. So sometimes uh, you have you know contents on the first page that are unfavorable to your brand. It could be negative. It could just be contents that you feel does not resonate with your brand but it's, it's your content 
Exactly. Okay. You know, so we pretty much, you know, can do reverse SEO to just make that first page look more appealing to make it, you know, uh, speak, you know, uh, the kind of volume that you wish the uh, first page to speak about. Now, how do you do that? Is that removing? That's a special sauce. I can't, that's one yeah, thing okay, I cannot disclose. Right. Right. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> because that's one of our value proposition that kind of uh, helps you know, set us apart from competition as well. Um, but yeah, so there, there are ways to do it. So that way, uh, you know, what you need, what you want to show on the first page is actually showing and what you don't want to show on the first page is not showing. Okay. Yeah. So and SEO, on, reverse SEO. And then we offer uh, PR services like media outreach. So if a client wants to be featured on, featured on like Forbes, New York Post, and so on and so forth, we can help with that as well. And then finally, we we'll offer Google pay-per-click uh, management. Well, we've kind of stayed away from social media because uh, it's the quality of leads from you know platforms like Facebook does not compare with the quality of leads from you know google so we don't really focus too much on uh social media advertising anymore just google pay-per-click got it and let's hear about your your agency how how long have how, how long have you been had it and wh yeah. where are you located so yeah so i mean this com company started way before it was on register like i was in college when i started it uh, so i was studying engineering and I was just, you know, I'm always thinking steps ahead. So I was like, you know, well, what am I going to do when I finish college? Like, am I just going to work with engineering companies? And from whatever it is like working with engineering company, you're just dealing with data and, you know, nonstop. And it's kind of like redundant. And for me, I'm more of a creative person. Like I like design and things of that nature. So, I'm, and also solving problem and being able to see immediate impact. So I, as when I was doing my research, I came across across SEO as some means of actually helping people, in, in this case, businesses, you know, achieve results within a relative, relatively short period of time. So that's how I kind of started the whole career uh, with SEO. So the company was registered in 2015. So uh, we, you know, typically service clients out of New York and Florida, and and the service you know that we offer is similar to the ones I mentioned earlier. And on top, even though we offer a service, we actually develop a software uh, a long time ago that's on the Wix marketplace called Visitor Hook. It's a conversion marketing software. Oh, nice. And yeah. So that was when I thought I wanted to move in the direction of uh, SaaS, but I, I just felt like SEO was more fulfilling, you know, mm -hmm. so that's why I didn't make that full pivot towards, you know, uh, converting the company to like a SaaS company. And ever since it's, it's been really more or less like offering services to uh, businesses. And a lot of times when companies come to us, They've gone to one, two, three, or so SEO companies, and once you plug them into agency analytics, everything just becomes visible because we're very transparent with the clients. They get full access to our agency analytics for their account. So what are what are we see? They see if their account's not doing good one month, they see it, uh, <laughs> and if it's doing good, they see it as well. So yeah, so uh, for me, I just find like you know just being able to offer you know businesses service where you know uh, you can see results within a short period of time, and it's not like cookie cutter uh where it's like you're doing the same thing over and over again that's something i don't do too well with i don't do too well with just doing the same thing over and over again I, I i like to stimulate my mind every single day and you know uh you know face new challenges and so on and so forth so uh but yeah so uh that's more or less how this whole thing has been kind of like unfolding over the years just offering seo services to businesses helping them achieve uh, the level of ranking that they you know never imagined they could achieve on google Hello there, this is Andy. I wanted to take a 
quick break from the show and talk to you for just a minute about the new golden ticket program that I've introduced inside Make Each Click Count University. I know it sounds fancy, right? But what's the golden ticket all about? Each month, members of Make Each Click University receive a golden ticket that they can use to access any of our certified courses. Certified courses include courses on Facebook, Google Ads, Pinterest, SEO, and more. Look, if you are looking to grow your business by either adding a new marketing channel or by optimizing an existing marketing channel just like an expert, then this program is for you. Perhaps you're looking to train someone on your team or you're looking for a career in digital marketing. Well, either way, this program is the program you've been waiting for. In addition, when you become a member to Make Each Click County University, you'll get immediate access to all of our in-house courses, timely training videos, access to all three of my books, and access to our monthly mastermind meeting. All this at a recently reduced price. So go on over to www.makeeachclickcountuniversity.com for all the details and sign up. I guarantee it's going to be the best decision you make today. Now, back to the show. You know, one of my favorite questions that I'm always curious uh, about the answer is, especially for people who have created an agency, is have there been any business books out there that you could attribute to your journey as an entrepreneur in, in creating your agency? Yes, um, my so that's a very good question. So um, a friend of mine introduced me to a book a long time ago, and this was while I was still at the early phase of the agency. Uh, the book is called Blue Ocean Strategy um, by W. Chen and Renee. Uh, so I'm not sure are you familiar with Blue Ocean Strategy by any chance? You know, I've read a lot, and I haven't have not uh, not read that book or heard of it. Interesting. Yeah. So it's pretty much about how. Um, businesses can set up a uh, shop in a competitive industry. In this case, the competitive industry is referred to as red ocean and how you can kind of thrive in a red ocean and develop a blue ocean uh, within that red ocean by you know creating innovative services, creative pricing, and just having strong value proposition. So this book has been like a guiding uh, manual for me over the years in terms of, you know, um, how to stay ahead of the competition, you know, uh, conducting competitive research on an annual basis. So there's something that I do personally myself at the end of every year where I research top competitors in my industry and see what kind of trajectory they're on, you know, what kind of uh, new solutions they're offering, how we can be competitive and so on and so forth. So these are all, you know, uh, ideas that were inspired by this book, um, Blue Ocean Strategy. So you should so, definitely check it out. So what's your blue ocean strategy? How, uh, how is your agency standing apart from the competition? Yes. Yeah, so, um, you know, first and foremost is transparency. Um, you know, one concern that every client always have is, hey, I pay this guy uh, or this company this you know, amount of money every month. I don't know what's going on. They just send me a report, you know, once a month. I don't really know what's going on, on a daily basis. I don't mm -hmm. know what they're doing. So we prioritize transparency above all else and that's why we invest greatly in agency analytics because it allows us to you know be as transparent with our clients as possible so they can see clearly what we're doing at any given point in time in the day so it could be 12 a.m in the morning and you want to see how your account is doing across you know analytics facebook google like literally the platform will integrate all their marketing metrics into a single platform so they don't have to log into like a million different accounts to see how their business is you know performing online so that's number one the transparency you know innovative strategy so we're constantly innovating our strategy and also staying on, uh, ahead of the uh, curve by you know exploring new technology like for instance chat gpt and figuring out 
out ways to actually utilize that to amplify our current effort. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, we did a blog in February and to, by using, you know, ChatGPT as a co-pilot, we were able to actually rank that blog, which is a pretty competitive term, you know, is being the future of search. You know, we were able to rank that blog all the way to the second page of Google uh, within a matter of a month. And we're literally standing on top of websites like Quora, you know, <laughs> which is not, which is a very high competition website. Um, but yeah, so that's more or less how we stay ahead of competition, you know, being transparent, being innovative, you know, uh, never, you know, never stand in one place, always seeing, you know, what's the next step? You know, how can we improve our process? How can we get results a lot faster and so on and so forth? Now, do you have a favorite success story from one of your clients you could share? Um, I would say one of my most favorite client is a company by the name Egusi Foods. Um, it's an say that again. Egusi Food. Egusi E G U N S I F O O D S. So Egusi is a kind of traditional food from Nigeria because I'm Nigerian, mm-hmm. and um, you know I've never really worked with a client you know selling a traditional product before. And one that pertains to one of my most favorite soup, which is a goosey uh, soup. So for me, you know, this is one of the reasons why this account was one of my favorite accounts to work on because, you know, I was working on selling something that, you know, uh, is close to me. And, you know, and we did pretty good for this, uh, for this company, uh, so much so that if you Google African tomato soup now, doesn't matter where you are, you Google African tomato soup on Google, uh, you find their website on the first page of Google. So yeah, so that's more or less, you know, one of my most favorite account uh, that we've worked on. And are there any challenges that you struggle with in getting results for clients? Um, Yes, I think one of the biggest is um, like creative clients uh, who come from the creative industry. Uh, So these kind of clients typically have a website that focus more on media contents, such as images and video, and less uh, textual contents. And as I've been advocating, you know, since the beginning of the interview, content is king. So it's always hard to convince these kind of clients that, hey, we need more content, uh, because the pushback is always, well, I'm a photography business, or I'm a photo booth business and I don't want to have a lot of content. I just want the pictures. That's all I want to say. I was like, okay. Because what ends up happening is we have to kind of like shift our focus from content to, mm-hmm. you know, speed, uh, technical SEO, like working more on the backend aspect of it. So Google is able to index uh, the content a lot better. Um, and also backlink. Uh, we actually have to focus a lot on backlinks, which is something I do not like doing like backlink is good but it shouldn't account for majority of your campaign strategy when it comes to seo but that's you know one of the challenges i could think of you know when working with uh clients from the creative industries so on the flip side who who is your perfect client for your agency yeah so um i mean we typically work with b2b b2c clients um it doesn't really matter what kind of industry you're from you know as long as you have at least like let's say like fifty thousand dollars a year in seo or search budget budget we can definitely help you out with your search campaign i mean we've worked with clients from finance industry to real estate to medical uh industry uh you know just to name a few so we typically work with clients from different uh industries and verticals uh but the main requirement is you know you could be a b2b or b2c and you know just make sure you have sufficient budget to just kind of uh, ensure that we're able to at least set up a basic campaign and and know, how how does your fee structure work 
So we typically um, charge uh, like hourly. Uh, so we typically charge like $100 an hour. Um, and then, you know, minimum of like, you know, it could be sometime it could be less than uh, 20 hours, but we tell clients the bare minimum should be like, you know, uh, 20 hours uh, per month. Uh, if it's more, if it's more of like a, an uh, established company, we typically recommend anywhere from like 160 hours or more per month. This could be like law firms and things of that nature, because those kind of websites are usually more competitive uh, when it comes to SEO. I see. And you guys just, you provide a log of, of what you worked at the end of the month as far as the hours? Yes. Yeah, so essentially, so the way we, uh, we do it is you, we set a fixed hour, but we usually do more work than the amount of hours uh, simply because SEO is never ending. So we always keep track. Uh, so we use a software called uh, Asana. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. So that's how we kind of keep track of all the tasks and, you know, and what we're spending our time on and so on and so forth. And if a client wants, we give access to Asana. Like I said, transparency is one of our biggest uh, value propositions. So we can give you access to the Asana for your account. So you can kind of keep track of, you know, what tasks we're working on uh, every single week. Well, this has been great. You've given a ton of information today. How, how can an interested listener uh, learn more about working with you? Yes, absolutely. So they can learn more about, you know, working with me by just visiting our website, www.gvate.com. So that's gvate.com. And just, you know, see what kind of services that we offer and just fill out a form to uh, request for a free consultation. Perfect. Anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up today? Yeah, so what I would say is this, perhaps I didn't emphasize this enough, um, businesses, doesn't matter how small or big you are, you need to emphasize uh, SEO audits, uh, you need to conduct SEO audits on a monthly basis, uh, you know, if you have the budget, invest in agency analytics, uh, that's what we use, we literally automate that, the whole process of audits, and the reason for this is because AI is becoming, you know, a, a bigger part of search. Since AI is becoming a bigger part of search, these algorithms get smarter and smarter every day. And as a result, you need to ensure that you stay up to date with you know, the never-ending changes in searches by running those audits on a monthly basis. And that's how you avoid finding yourself in a situation where it's a hot season meaning like the business and that's when you get most of your business and mm -hmm. for whatever reason your traffic just your ranking just tanked and you have and you didn't find out till close to the middle of that season that hey look the reason why we're not getting as much business is because our seo is not you know it's not doing good so businesses should try their best to run audits on a monthly basis at least once a month i will say the bigger your website the more often you need to run those audits well that's a great tip that's great what, what was the software again um, agency analytics. It's not. It's not. It's not uh, a low-cost software. But if you have the budget, I highly recommend you invest in it. But you can also invest in like SpyFu, like you mentioned earlier as well. Uh, SEMrush is great as well. Uh, you can run audits on those. But for us, you know, agency just makes it a lot easier because all of our marketing metrics. It's like in one place, you know, Google Analytics. I don't remember the last time I logged into Google Analytics. I usually just go into our uh, agency to see what everybody's working on and see how accounts are performing. But yeah, so that's the software, agency analytics. I typically don't tell people about that, <laughs> but I feel like, you know, uh, it's something that could really help a lot of businesses, especially now that people might be considering, you know, attempting to do SEO by themselves. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing that and for all the other stuff you shared today, Odu. Absolutely. I want to thank you too for inviting me. 
uh, to your podcast. And hopefully, you know, I get an invitation again in the future. Awesome. Hey, for listeners, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding G8 for connecting with Olu, you'll find the links in the show notes below. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our podcast resource center available at podcast.makeeachclickcount.com. We have compiled all the different past guests by show topic and included each of their contact information in case you would like more information on any of the services I've discussed during previous episodes. Well, that's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing.